Hi, I'm Oki, and welcome to Tell Me About Your Book. Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Tell Me About Your Book. I'm really excited to be talking to author Stephen Steele, who's written three books that are so different, but yet so amazing that I, I'm not giving it justice just saying that here. So I want you guys to meet Stephen. Hi, how are you today? Hi, Oki. Happy to be here. I'm glad. I'm glad you're here. Where are you, Stephen? I'm in Montana, where yesterday it was spring, and today it is now winter again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wherever you are, I'll trade you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Well, I mean, I love Houston. I'm in Houston, Texas, and oh. I'm a Texas girl all the way, but Houston is just hot and hotter and humid. I lived in Texas for six years. I used to work for WFAA-TV in Dallas. Ah, gotcha. I went to almost every university in Texas. <laughs> I went to North Texas, Arlington State, uh, SMU, graduated from North Texas. Oh, so Denton, Texas then. Denton, I Texas. like Denton. <laughs> but you know, that was back when, that's back when Texas was Texas, you know? <laughs> y'all talk like Texans, you know, I was back there recently, I couldn't anyway... Nobody said y'all. I went, what the heck's going on? Well, I still say y'all. We still say it all the time. I say we Good. do. <laughs> but let's get it, uh, into your books. I want to talk about all three of your books because they're all vastly different, but so fascinating. But the one that I'm really, really interested in that drew me in first was the one that's called The Organ Grinder Factor. Can you tell me what that book is about? The Organ Grinder Factor is set amid the real-world horrors of child slavery in Africa and the ongoing Israeli-Palestinian uh, conflict. So that's the background that okay. our two protagonists find themselves in in this second book. And they are on the run trying to find a safe place to grow their inexpensive organically grown cure for viral diseases that Big Pharma has made illegal. Oh. And and in so doing, in the first book, they have to flee the country, and, and they end up at the start of the second book off the coast of of uh, West Africa, off of what is still called the Slave Coast. And they are washed ashore and uh, get involved in some just horrendous situations in, in Gyanabasu. I don't mean to get too far off the track here, but Gyanabasu is, in fact, a drug trafficking station for drugs from Colombia to Europe, and they, they all come through that war-torn, lawless nation. Then they flee to uh, Senegal, which is, uh, uh, which is just north of there, where they get involved in, the child, in this ongoing, real-life child slavery situation there. And all the time, they're just trying to grow their canister. Eventually, they end up in Israel and involved with a, an inventor of the organ grinder factor, which is a 3D printer that replaces human organs without the need for surgery. Oh, wow. That's now, so creative, Stephen. <laughs> well, I try, to, I try to write books that are not derivative. I try to write stuff that people have never seen, never seen before, never heard before. But all the stuff we just mentioned is background. 
that's the environment. You know, that's uh -huh. the, what you really like when you read a book, whether you realize it or not, what you're involved in is the characters. Right. I mean, you just you just love the people or you don't like them. And and you care about them or you don't. And each of my books I try to cast with a new group of of just enchanting characters, Dickensian characters that that appeal that have a broad appeal and are very, very human and vulnerable, of course. But that's the real appeal, I think, of my stories is the is all the background is is unique, but so are the characters. I like that you set such a scene that's so heavy, but yet we get to read like the human side of things. So the first book then is the canister factor yeah. that you say started with, and then we shift to the organ grinder factor. Is your third book the continuation of that also? Yeah, yeah, it's a continuation of the of the two main characters, a group of supporting characters we meet we meet in book two who now show up and play a major role in in book three. So the 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 two main characters are Sid and Alex, a doctor and a, a, a biologist. And then the other group that shows up is a pair of uh, Bahamian treasure hunters. And that's a whole other separate story. But anyway, at the end of book two, Sid and Alex go home to Montana. They want to get married. They want to start a family. They have had it. They have had all the adventures two people can handle in one lifetime. And a dear friend, his son has gone missing down in Chile, or Chile as it's pronounced. He's a geologist. And there's some very, very strange things going on down there. The son has gone missing, and the father wants them to go down and try and help him find their son. And that's how we start the third book, called after the series itself, The Trouble with Miracles. Now, at the end of the third book, there's strange lights shooting out of the ground down in Chile during this increase in, act in earthquake activity down there. As many people know, Chile is infamous for its earthquakes. The strongest earthquake that ever was was down, I think, in 9.6. And as the tectonic plates are all continually moving under one another down there and causing earthquake. Well, there's been an increase in this activity down there at the end of book two. Light shooting out of the ground. Go down there. Let's find them. Sid and Alex are going, ah. Oh. They try to resist, but obviously they're very, very intrigued. So at that point, when I wrote that, and I wrote that into the end of the second book, I had no idea what these lights were, what they were shooting out there, what they meant. And I'm going, what kind of corner have I painted myself into? So all I did know was that uh, at the end of book three, I wanted it to end on Easter Island and involve an, a plausible explanation for the mystery and magic of the Easter Island statues. So that's where that book goes. It starts in, the, in Chile's high northern desert, where they, they discover the ancient secret diffusion energy. And that, rel that relates to what has just happened recently. It's been in the news. It's Lawrence Livermore Laboratory in Northern California, where they've just created fusion here on Earth for the first time. The rest of the name of the real Lawrence Laboratory, Livermore Laboratory is for the development of nuclear weapons. This book poses a real moral dilemma and a philosophical question. Is humanity really, really ready to be responsible for a force so powerful that it can, of course, save the world from air pollution, global warming forever. It could because it eliminates fossil fuels, right? Or it could turn the earth to space dust in a heartbeat. 
the book, again, background, but it involves China, China's real world inexorable drive to control all the world's natural resources. So China's trying to get their hands on fusion, and our people are trying to keep it out of their hands because, you know, we don't know what they're going to do with it. So there's the moral, and again, it's just these wonderful characters and all these different people and all these adventures and involves an ancient civilization that lived 10,000 years ago in Chile and a wonderful historical backstory about the original development of, or discovery of Easter Island and what those statues really are. And I came up with really, really a plausible explanation and this really cool character who was a, a former alien, the last one alive. So there's a lot in that book. <laughs> I just want to say I'm truly sitting here in awe because <laughs> this is so fascinating. And I feel like there is so much audience for this and just more than one type of audience, you know, because yeah. a lot of us that let's say we only read mystery thriller, that's generally what we gravitate to and so forth. But I feel like your book has so many elements to it. I mean, I love the adventure part. I love even the mystery part and the science and the the human side of how of human behavior, things like that. Yeah. And it's all over the world and so fascinating. Are you done with the series in a way that the, these characters are completed with the three books or are you shifting the, the, further? The third book completes this series. But the Bahamian treasure hunters who we established now, it's all set up for a new series called Treasure Islands, Islands Plural. There's uh, Sam, and Sam's a man of few words in action, in all action. Uh, he's a treasure hunter, and his partner is Nikki. Nikki is one-fourth African and three-quarters Spanish. Her mother was an African shaman. She is intuitive. She is in touch with past lives. And so the whole series involves with bringing up treasures which connect with past lives. And each book in the six book series involves past lives connected with the treasure they bring up in a, in a whole event. So the books are called the treasure of Inagua Island, the treasure of Grand Bahama Island, etc. And each one, each one carries yeah. on. Their first mate, Tash Tigo, and he's this um, Maasai man of no words. And all action. And he's a very, very interesting character as well. But, you know, I want to, I want to say something, if I may, Oki. Um, Absolutely. You said, you know, there's something for everybody in his books, and, and typically readers like a particular genre. Involving myself in Instagram, most of the books, they're ladies. They're 99% ladies, and they are about 89% romance readers. So I kind of romance them into accepting a uh, a free ebook of one of my books, and please, you know, give me an honest review. I'm not asking. Don't you know? All I I'm not even asking for anything, but just an honest review would be appreciated. And and I I get this over and over and over again. She said they say it's not my genre. I never would have read this, but I am so glad I did. I am thrilled, and and it was just such a great adventure. And these are people who never would have ventured into this genre. Right. But I get those, what you were saying, I get those remarks all the time from my Instagram lady. I'm glad that people are opening your books and and reading it because I can imagine all the all the hard work and the even the headaches writing a book like this. This book has so much in it that 
I can't help but just truly appreciate it. And I really want to get into this world that you've created. <laughs> Thank you. How how was it writing, like the starting of Canistar and then having to shift to the other books? How was the writing process for you? Well, the writing process for me is I don't know the whole book, of course, before I start. And I don't know how anybody, anybody could. <laughs> I What I do, what I have found useful and you know and you grow and you learn as an artist and you're not the same person who wrote the last book and you're not the same person who can write the next book i need to know where i'm going i don't know how i'm going to get from here to houston i can go the high road the middle road or the low road right all i got to know is i'm going to houston right, <laughs> right. but i got to know that <laughs> you know? the writing process for me is to write a situation where when i go to bed that night i don't know how i'm going to solve the problem i just created but when I wake up in the morning, the answer is there. That's just me as a writer, okay? That's my one talent kind of thing. <laughs> and that's the fun. You know, I go, How the, what am I going to do with this? Wake up and go, oh, I get it. That's cool. And, <laughs> and the other part of the fun part of writing is once you get the character set, once you get the story, once you get the story set up, you're, you're typing along. And then this happens, or somebody says something, and it's as if I am the reader. In other words, I'm hearing it for the first time, too. And it's extremely entertaining. I'm also entertained just hearing you talking about this period. So yeah. I can imagine the the ride we get in the books that you have written. I noticed, though, you have a set of series for this one, and then you have the other set of series for the Treasure Islands. Have you always been attracted to writing series? What draws you to wanting to write series? I never wanted to write series. It wasn't my idea. I was with this agent and this lady in the Midwest who works out of Chicago, my agent. And and we just hadn't, we, we were putting this stuff out and we just couldn't, we couldn't get a publisher. And she says, well, I know this one publisher, but he only publishes series. And I said, I don't want to write series because it's, it's redundant. And she says, well, I, 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 know we can, I know we can get it published with this guy. I said, well, let me talk to him. And long, you know, long story short, I ended up with a small uh, publisher speaking volumes and the publisher, Kurt Mueller, who became, he and I have since become good buddies, you know, we're just kind of good business buddies. Mm -hmm. And it's really been a great process because I was able to keep the books fresh rather than just writing a different murders every time. But I, I love I love talking. I love working with Kurt. Kurt grew up hard on the streets of Chicago. He sounds like a Chicago cab driver. You know, <laughs> just a tough old boy. But he's smart in a whip. I mean, and he's just quick and funny and totally supportive. So that process has been has been wonderful. And I'm I'm really happy that I did it. And because you know, as a writer, your your career has different levels. It has different choices. You're self-published. You're trying desperately to get out there. Then you get a little lazy. Then you get a little published. You know, and but you you keep going. My next step, bless the hearts of you know, bless everything that's happened. But you know, I have now written a major work of upmarket fiction. It's my definitive novel. I've had it in my desk in my file for a long time, or it seems like a long time. It needs a major umbrella publisher, you know, one of the top five in New York. Mm -hmm. It needs all that publicity that the umbrella publishers can put out 
prior to the release of a book. You know, six months of putting this out to all the major publications, getting the reviews before they ever before the book is ever released. A whole bunch of people have read it and, and they or they pre-bought it. So that when it's the day it's on the market, it's ranked really high on the Amazon ratings, on the bookseller ratings, because they've had all these pre-sales. Now, all that stuff only comes from a large publisher. But I had to make enough of a name of myself, enough of this series, that I now have a calling card. Stephen Steele now has a, you have a following. Yeah. And, and, and with a lot of people saying lots of it, now I have a, a small following, but they're small but mighty, and they're growing. And so now I have a calling card, and I have the, the new novel. is called Passengers in Time. And it's about the past and present lives of the two main characters. And it's how our past lives impact our present lives and how people from the past lives will show up in their present life to help us get right what we didn't get right the last time. That's awesome. That's so clever. <laughs> and, and the book has, of course, the main protagonist, which bears some rather frightening similarities to myself, makes a whole lot of mistakes in their life, has to learn a lot of things the hard way. It also, in the book, I dramatize five separate past lives from the from the first word of the first page. It's just an enthralling book, but it's it's not a thriller. It's not a, a genre. It is upmarket fiction. You know, it's like all the light we cannot see or or, right. or one of these wonderful new books. So anyway, hello world. I am now looking for a, <laughs> an umbrella publisher, and that's the, my next step. I absolutely will support you all the way as much as I can. And I hope everyone listening will be doing the same. Thank you. This is fascinating, Stephen. What else can you tell me about you as an author? Well, you know, I'm, I'm human. You know, you have all the fears and all the doubts and all of the frustrations. And, oh, I didn't sleep good. And I had to, I got to get up and I've got to drink some wake up coffee and, Get it together. But I think it's really important. If you're an author, if you're a writer, you know you're a writer. You've always known it. And the trick is not to let life talk you out of your dreams, no matter what happens. And it's always there. It's always in the back of your mind. And, and there's a there's a, a world of people who, who know that about themselves. You just have to keep that in mind. And also, as a person, you have to keep working on a... Um, I have to keep working. And my wife and I remind each other of this. Is it's contextual. I see myself on the Costco book table. I see myself written up in USA Today and Kirkus and the New York Times and, and, and so forth. And, and I see myself selling as many books as the writers that I really admire. You have to have the emotional experience of your success before you can create the success. Gotcha. And that's the human imagination. You hold the the experience of it, the joy of it, and you go about that rather than, oh, me, poor me, uh, I'll never get there from here. And so it's very important to get all that negativity out. Let it talk and then talk back to it. You know, there's a word for it. It's called gestalt therapy. But, you know, you, you take the, the negative part, let it put it out in another chair. Let it say, you know, you change chairs. Go over there and say, Oh, I'm no good. I'm no good. I can't think of anything. I don't have anything to say. You know, nobody likes me. Uh, you know, I'm getting old. I, you know, I'm not going to get there from here. And then, you, and then you go. You know, you talk back to you. You tell to shut the hell up. You know, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> 
I really love the positivity that you that you like exuberate out. There's something about you really talking passionately about your books and setting these goals. I'm really, really intrigued and fascinated by everything you've been doing. Mm-hmm. This is so cool, Stephen. Oh, but I want to make a comment, though, about Instagram, where you're saying the majority are women and a majority are romance books, which you're absolutely right but I do see snippets of these bookstagrammers asking, what are some books that I can read with my husband, boyfriend, I can buy for my dad or whatnot? And injecting your books in will definitely drive your, you know, the popularity of your books up, which I think is needed because I think these books are very awesome, very fascinating. But congratulations yes. what's been happening so far with your books, though. Thank you. It's uh, it's it's a long, you know, there's uh, a lot of work. <laughs> like, there, you know, they're like the, the, the shoe ad, you know, there is no finish line. Right. It's a process. I even love the style of your books, the covers. They look they look amazing. They're good covers. Yeah, aren't they? absolutely. Yeah. So where can we get your books, Stephen? My books are available on Amazon and wherever books are sold. I have a uh, ongoing discussion with my publisher about who sells the most. And he says, oh, Steve, you know, iBooks and so forth sell just as many. But I generally do, uh, direct people to Amazon mainly because I can see what they're saying and see what they're buying. And, you know, it, that's where most people go. But right. right now, the print books are print book price, you know, $14, $15, $16, $17, depending on the book or, or the other style. But right now, uh, I've I've priced and we have, uh, Kurt and I have priced the eBooks at two ninety nine each. Oh my gosh! Just to make them available, you know, we're not trying to make money. We want we want readers, we want viewers, we want to build a thing. So right. it ain't you know it ain't a big expense for all that wonderful entertainment. It's a lot cheaper than and a cup of coffee. Than, I mean, if you're gonna yeah. go buy a cup of coffee, you can only buy someone's full entire book that you've put so much work and creativity into, and it's cheaper than a cup of coffee. Like. Wow! Amazing. You could buy two. You could have two books for the price of a uh, for a Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> so wow. Well, I want to say thank you for giving me some time and talking about your books today, Stephen. This is I think it deserves a bunch more than just the you know twenty thirty minutes that you're talking to me here because of all the work and all the just work really that you put into it. Any last minute thing you want to say before we go today? No, but you know, thanks for watching. Happy reading, but. Okay, thank you for having me on. Uh-huh. I really appreciate your your kind your kindness, your generosity, your support. And it's a lot of fun. Yay. Enjoyed it. Thank you, thank you. And I will talk to you next time, especially when Passengers in Time comes out. I'm really fascinated by the yeah. human that's, side that's, of stories. That's the one. That's the one we're we're projecting out there. That's next. I'm okay with that, and I I want to talk to you again then. But I will talk to you later, Stephen. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Tell Me About Your Book. Please continue to support indie authors and indie bookstores. And if you would love to support Tell Me About Your Book podcast, you can certainly do so by going to buymeacoffee.com slash tellmepodcast, where just for a price of a coffee, you can support monthly for just $5. There's other tiers too in the memberships, and you can look at all the info about it, and I would certainly, certainly appreciate it. And of course, there's the other podcast, Books, Cats, and Snacks, 
where Caddy and I talk all things book and about her cats too. See you then. Thank you. Bye-bye.